Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Today on the show, Brett Allen here, we're chatting with actor, comedian, podcaster, Jonathan Kite. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Thanks for your time. I know you have a very busy schedule in life, but I thank you for hanging out with us. I've been a fan for a long time, so I'm excited to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. No, not at all. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start with the podcast. I just watched your episode with Pablo Francisco. He is one of the most interesting and fascinating comedians I have ever seen. Let's talk about the show because this is a lot of fun. You have new episodes weekly every Thursday, I think. And you interview different folks. You talk about different things. Uh, One of my other favorite conversations is you're, you're discussing with your show partner about the pitch for Jack Frost. I mean, you just, it's so interesting. How did this whole thing come about? Because it's so good. And I think if people are watching and listening and are familiar, they need to check it out. We'll make sure we link it for them. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. You know, um, Pablo Francisco was the first guy that ever let me go on the road with him. Which oh, was really? I hit him up and um, I said, uh, you know, I needed, so I started stand up after I got two broke girls. And when you, for the most part, you have to be able to do an hour. People don't want to, you know, which is a very hard amount of time to accumulate. Mm-hmm. And so I needed some time and I was lucky enough to get up in a lot of the clubs in LA, like, you know, the comedy store, the improv, the laugh factory, whatnot. But to go out of town and see how the material read to different people, you know, I didn't really know anybody. And so I hit up the, my agent and I realized that we had the same, Pablo and I had the same agent. Oh, and really? So I, you oh, know, wow. listen, I, I'd love to send him some stuff and... I just, you know, I'd love to come up to San Francisco to open for him. And it was amazing. And it was, um, he just said yes. And he was so kind and generous with his time and with stage time. And so we got to meet that way. And so I opened for him a little bit on and off. um, And and we're trying to put together a show right now where the two of us go on the road and do, we're trying to do a theater tour where we make up the whole thing on, uh, uh, on the spot. And um, and I admire him greatly. You know, I, I truly think that it's interesting. Some people are familiar with him. Some people aren't. I think in raw talent, he's one of the most entertaining people in the world. And I I have I just you know we we went up to the improv together the other night and did like a joint thing. And you know he is so fast and so especially it's funny because he's like TikTok before TikTok. Agreed. Where you think about. The, the speed in which he and Robin Williams was very similar to that way. And I think that that's why those are the two people that really inspired my standup. And I think that Pablo is, if you don't like what he's talking about, don't worry, it'll be over in about 10 seconds. And he's got something brand new. And I've seen him crush in just all of these different environments. I think he's in his fifties now. I mean, he looks great, but it's like you hear younger people. They're not, maybe they're not even getting the references but they're still like, this guy is hilarious and fascinating. So anyway, it was just a great honor. Um, and we're friends. You know, I, I'm so thankful that he just came on the show and, and, and hung out with us because I really truly love him and, and I admire him and respect him so much. So that was really, uh, there was I was very thankful that he did the podcast. Yeah, he's very talented. I mean, he was the Comedy Central's 
hot ticket for the longest time premium blend premium roast. yes i mean yeah. that back when that's before netflix was around and people were trying to get on television that was the place to go but yeah. you you've interviewed some so many interesting people how, how did the podcast come about i do want to talk about your stand-up because i saw your interview with jamie kennedy he's been on the show before and that was what prompted me to reach out to try and get you on because you all talked about some very interesting things, but I do want people to know about the podcast kite club because it's really fun. Where did the idea come about for you? Cause you're a very, very busy individual. So it's like you have a lot going on, but the podcast is fantastic. Thank you. I think I was just doing so many people's podcasts and which I love. I mean, I, um, you know, I'm, I just think that that's such a fun way because I, I think that there's never an agenda with a lot of the podcasts that I do. We just sort of hang out. We discuss stuff. We make each other laugh. They happen to be recording it and it's great. It, it benefits, um, you know, the other person across the table or the mic from me and myself, and we just get to hang out. Mm-hmm. And I thought um, with my schedule, it does get harder and harder to do that. Um, and so I thought I want that energy I love those relationships. It, it, you know, I did Jamie's podcast, uh, uh, Kennedy, right after that. And it just gives us an excuse to hang out. And I think in a time when we're all just really busy and we're running around and, you know, we're, we're sort of glued to our devices or to prior commitments and things that are certainly helping our businesses, this is a way to do that, but to remain connected in in the present. And so um, I like to go, you know, obviously this is great to do across Zoom, but I, you know, Pablo asked, or people have asked, um, do you want to do Zoom? And I go, no, no, we have a studio. We're ready to go. Just because I think when you're seeing the people there and you're really um, connecting with them, it, I feel like I do feel the difference. I mean, I think that this obviously is great, but I think that be, we're so used to just so, sort of absorbing what comes through our screen instead of having someone across from you. And that's what I love about acting so much. That's what I love about live standup is I love that connection in real time. Now, obviously stand up, you know, it could go great. It could go to shit, but you're alive and you're living in that moment and there are no edits. And so I, I enjoy that. And so for me, podcasting really sort of scratches that itch. And, and one day I just, uh, a buddy of mine, I said, why don't we just try to do this? And the guy next to me is my best friend of over 30 years. Um, Seth Shapiro, he opened for me on the road for a very long time. And he's an incredibly funny guy. Uh, and we have very different lives. I'm sort of this, um, I, I live alone. I have it for years and um, I'm sort of always on the go. And he is a family man with a wife and a kid. Uh, he has oh, I love that dynamic. Kid. It's so different. Yeah, it's so different. And we, you know, and we're, but in the, the truth is like our experiences are incredibly different, but we are such similar people and our frame of reference and sort of what gets us going. And um, it, 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 there's enough of a Venn diagram where we have such a common language and lexicon to share with one another. And, uh, and we hang out. So, for, I mean, I mean, we hang out all the time, he and I, so it's just a nice, again, it's another way for us to hang out and an excuse more than anything. Yeah. I love that. And I have to be honest with you. There are so many podcasts out there, but I love the fact that you take so much care and concern with what you do with your sound and your studio and your production value. I think that means a lot to a lot of people because it's like, you know, a lot of people I think during the pandemic wanted to start a show 
And then a lot of them didn't take off because then life went back to normal, right? People were going back to auditions and acting. And it's it's just great. And I think that's fantastic. Um, and you're able to do your stand-up. And it's just another muscle you can stretch, I would say, like to be able to just have that dialogue between a person and the fact that you do it live. I mean, there is definitely an energy. We've done a few interviews live before, but it this is cool. I love it. I mean, I wouldn't be able to probably meet you otherwise. So I'm very thankful, but I get it. Like the studio vibe is like in person is where it's at. And I think Zoom I mean, for just me, stuck around. You know, yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, that that's not, not to say that you hear there's plenty of people that are able to um, have an incredible success and and are able to connect that way and i think maybe because i just enjoy that aspect of my life you know i, love we, it. I tried to do we we started this only this year so it didn't come out of a of an itch that needed to be scratched during the pandemic or you know lack of human connection i under, of course i understand that point of view our, this just came from how can we hang out and 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 share our experiences and i think that you know my buddy and i would sort of just talk openly and I always find him very entertaining and thoughtful and, and he's a genius. That's the other thing is we don't talk about enough on the podcast. He has genius level intelligence. So he, um, I always make fun of him saying that you're in the wrong line of work because I was, <laughs> he's very funny and he's good at what he does. He's a great public speaker and uh, uh, incredibly great singer, but he has um, a very, very, very high IQ and he's great with accounting and with numbers. And so wow. I think that that, you know, we, sort of our I love that that dynamic and I think that and having that on the podcast is such a I don't know it's, there's just something interesting about it so I always like learning from him and perhaps he's learned something maybe along the way from me but I think the back and forth again it, there's a little bit of ego involved right because it's like you must at some point it is a selfish endeavor I mean, I'm not being, I mean, completely transparent about that is that you not enjoy, not, not that I necessarily enjoy the way that I sound, but that I think that people will enjoy the conversations right. or get something out of it that we're having. Not, not that I have any nuggets or seeds of wisdom to impart on people, but I do think that one of the things that I love so much about growing up in Chicago and then living out in LA, I love entertainment. And I just think that's such a wonderful thing that has been in my life, a driving, not only a, a, a teaching uh, element, but, but, and, and supportive, but aspirationally and sort of, and escapism. And it's served all of these purposes for me as an individual. And so if I'm able in some small way, and then if people don't like it, they don't listen to it, whatever it is, but I enjoy that aspect and it's done so much for me. So maybe this will do something, or at least people will get a chuckle um, or out of it or something. Yeah, I find myself laughing, twirling all the time. I, I I get the downloads weekly because I'm a subscriber. So I I look forward to it. And as a podcaster and, and somebody that does this, I like watching what you do. I watch other people. You know, they say success and talent leaves clues. And so I like to watch how you interact with your guests, the type of questions that you ask. And again, it doesn't feel put on. It's just like two friends having a conversation or you have a guest like Pablo, who is just, I find one of the most fascinating people and you just have a natural dialogue. And then like, you're like an hour and a half has gone by and you're like, where did the time go? I think that's just one of the best parts of what you do. Thank you. You know, and I wanted the way that I pitched it was I wanted to not, not that I wouldn't open up my circle, but 
funnily enough, and this, I don't think anybody knows this, but we, I only have my friends on. So Matt Moy is one of the closest people to me in the world from Two Broke Girls. Um, I have a really dear friend who's recording with us uh, tomorrow, Jeremiah Watkins, just a super funny comic who's just, you know, really made a name for himself. Um, If you haven't seen his stuff, he's really incredible. But also Jamie Kennedy. So anyway, stuff like that. Ashley Green, um, who did the of all the test episodes with us, who is my producer's wife, who is a dear, dear, dear friend. But there's one time when we had um, somebody pitched me an idea for somebody and um i thought and they said brock is going to come on the show and i thought and i thought wow this is um uh this is amazing and i thought that they had said brock lesnar the um the wrestler so i did all this prep and you know i I listened to a lot of his stuff and i i knew who he was i mean i was aware but but if i i go oh yeah because somebody had suggested like why don't you try to be somebody who meets somebody and interview somebody who just you might have there's a little bit of theatrics with him obviously being a, a wrestler and i thought great let's i would love that and he seems like <laughs> such an interesting fellow and then this guy this handsome adonis shows up and it's brock o'hearn and i look at him <laughs> and, and i and, and i and i don't say anything we do the whole interview he was a absolute delight such a sweetheart really fun great energy type of guy and then we finished the podcast and i gotta be like hey man i gotta be honest with you i thought you were gonna be brock lesnar like after everything was all said and done and so i said but i'm glad um that we got to interview you and uh you know and and now we have since become friends and he's just such a lovely human but it's you know that's the thing that that's what's that's what i like about the live atmosphere that's the other thing right it's like rolling with the punches it's sort of you know making the best of what you can and i i really love that i i truly um I really enjoyed meeting him and he was um it was our Oscar episode so it was cool cuz he was he's really jumped off he played Hulk Hogan for those who aren't familiar in the Young Rock show and he was in History of the World Part 2 I mean he's really blowing up right now and it was cool to have somebody with intimate knowledge from that perspective um sort of in the awards season uh show that we did and it was just great and and I made a new friend out of it which is wonderful I love it. Well, you mentioned that you started stand up when you got to Broke Girls, which I was aware of that. And you were doing, you were performing when you could. But I know you've shared this on other podcasts. I think it was Jamie's where you were busy with that and then you were doing stand up. But now you've really had a chance to like stretch your wings and do it. You do the impressions, which I love those too. I think that's just one of the coolest things that anybody can do is to be able to mimic and so, you know it's just so fun but when you did two broke girls how i mean how much were you able to actually do stand-up wise because i imagine those taping schedules are quite tight and busy and then you've got rewrites going on while maybe you're filming an episode i mean it's just an insane world the the world of live television like that or yeah. pre-taped yeah it's crazy it's um it, it was very so we have weeks off, you know, every two, every two weeks, every three weeks, we'd have a week off and I would try to go to stand up somewhere, which was really fun. But a lot of it was, um, you know, you're just, I, at least I was, I was just tired. So I would try to do spots around town and they would offer me, I mean, looking back on it, I think, why not, you know, push yourself and whatever. But um, I would try to do these one nighters. And I remember sometimes I would just bomb and sometimes, sometimes I would kill, but I, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I wasn't ready yet because I was so young or maybe it was because I was just so, because what it is, is it's shifting gears. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you're, you're programmed and um, 
in that studio system we shot at Warner Brothers was a CBS show, right? You're afforded sort of the best of everything. Now you have to deliver at that level. That's what is, is, is for sure. Is, uh, it's it's uh, expected of you, but the the hour you know, in a, in a, but in a way, I mean, here's the thing: you do it for the at least I did it for the love of the game. That I really enjoyed spending time with those people, the crew, obviously the cast, um, and. Uh, uh, there was, there was, uh, there was, you were sort of locked in though, right? So my phone would be, you'd have it, but like, I feel like I would just disappear on people, n- not because I would go home and I would just pass out or I would whatever. And then just sort of go like, no, 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 you can't pass out tonight. You have to switch mentality. You got to get on a plane. You got to fly to this thing to do a corporate and then you got to fly back and keep doing. I think that that sort of, it, it did two things for me. It taught me that, you know, Everything is about time management. And also, you know, at some point, your body is just going to tell you, we've done it. We've done enough. And so I think with it's helped me moving forward to try to balance those things. Because I do think I'm good at compartmentalizing time. But I think when you, when one thing exists during the day and the other thing wholly exists in the very early morning when you have to promote and be on radio and stuff, and then, and then there's nothing in the day and then you have to come at night – that is a huge adjustment to do that bookended in on out the, on either side of a two broke girl sandwich, like that being the bread. So there were, you know, I think I had to learn really quickly uh, and and try to figure out: Am I doing this? Like, obviously, quality is the most important thing, not the quantity. And so it was it was a it was a great life lesson about you know, what, what I, what I can do or what my brain is capable of. And then you'd have to work that muscle out. And I, I slowly got better at it, but it was sort of nice to be able to say, Hey, I can't do the standup right now because I've got two broke girls and feel like it, a, it was a good enough excuse because people understood it, but also it, it afforded me a little bit of time to rest and to write and not have to be like, let's go, 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 go. Cause when the summer came, that's what it was. It was literally nonstop. I love it. Your work ethic is so amazing. I mean, it's inspiring. <laughs> I I have to be honest with you. It's very true. You've had several network shows that you've been on. Some have gone longer than others. Two Broke, I think, was a pretty long stint. Yeah. But how do you know what projects to choose? Well, let me back up. One of the other things that prompted me to reach out to you was your conversation you had with Jamie about your manager being your day-to-day guy the person that you rely on, not necessarily a publicist, maybe if something big's happening and you need that, but you choose your projects very specifically. So again, thank you for choosing to do this. It's a huge honor. I I sound like I'm gushing, but I really do mean it. How, How do you know, like, how do you choose projects? How do you know when to say no? How do you know when to wait? Like, what is your process? Because you seem to be very in demand in that regard, as far as the comedy and then I guess the question is, would you go back to another network show if given the opportunity, or do you like just being able to be in control of your own ship, so to speak, and do the things that you enjoy? I mean, I think if the, you know, if the writing is good, it, it, I like, I think a network show is very challenging. And I think that they often get dismissed as sort of, you know, um, but there are, I, I really admire network shows and sort of having that staying power of mm-hmm. 22 or 24 episodes or whatever it is, that's really hard. And 
to make them funny. I mean, obviously Abbott Elementary is doing it very well right now. Right. And 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 I sort of I think for me it, it's all about the writing. It's some you know, when I when stuff comes when I'm fortunate enough and, and something will come my way and I'll look at it, I'll I'll think to myself, oh, this really feels um like I a I haven't done this before, which I always love to do. I love to try new things. Or that I that I really do enjoy this, and it's an opportunity to work with people that I admire because I think that's the other thing, right? Like, is it good material, and who else is working on it? And sort of, I think when I look at so, sort of some of my heroes, I think Adam Sandler, because the idea that he's writing and sort of captaining his own ship, and then bringing the people that he wants to have, because that's essentially what it is, right? You're, it's how do you want to spend your free time? And who do you want to spend your free time with? And I, I have always valued that again, which is why I asked my my best friend to do the podcast because he was not even in the original pitch. I brought him up ten weeks later. I thought, you know what? I really want this guy in, and so that is very important to me. So the reason I, I Two Broke Girls was so exciting is I love the casting director, one of my closest friends, and Michael Patrick King had just come. You know, Sex and the City was just such a huge amazing show and i really admired whitney from i seen her on the roasts a lot on comedy central yeah and i thought wow and then they told me the cat dennings was attached and i thought i'd seen charlie bartlett i'd seen a lot of her independent films and i was a, a fan of hers genuinely a fan and i thought um this is sounds exciting the, the the script made me laugh out loud and i think you know other times uh I, I, I did something for Netflix and, you know, there was a couple people involved with it. And I was like, I don't even care what the script is. Let's just, I love to hang out with these people. And I think we'd have a great time. And so, you know, that's, so it, it, that sort of weighs more than anything is like the schedule doesn't mean that much to me. Like, you know, you work 20 hours a day or whatever, you know, it's three months in a row or one, one day for two hours. It really, it's, it's about the people and the writing. One last question, Jonathan, I know you have a couple things to do. In the trajectory of your career, you've just done so many things, perhaps maybe Two Broke Girls or maybe outside of that. Is there one project that just stands out to you as a storyteller and as an entertainer that really just informed who you were as an individual? Or perhaps maybe you learned something about yourself uh, that you didn't know that you were maybe capable of or that surprised you and thought, man, you've, you've alluded to it throughout our conversation, you know, just as far as your staying power and your just willingness to be kind and work with other people. I think stand up is it's a it's probably the 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 most unusual but but um the, the thing about stand up is that I I really you you really learn to put your money where your mouth is. Okay. And I think that you can either do it or you can't. And if you can do it for a group of people, you know, it's it's funny because you'll you'll whenever I start to date someone or if I meet it, maybe a new friend. But 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 I really do want to know this from my from somebody I'm, you know, starting to see or wanting to get to know better. I wonder what stand up they listen to. And it's interesting <laughs> I love it. because I'm just curious what they find. Now, there's there's all the there's so many stand ups in the world that it's like not everyone is a um whoever any name any stand-up in the world not everybody likes them and then but the truth is what stand-up is is about can you find in a business setting because it's not just art it's you know it's getting on stage and sort of slugging it out every night 
but it's can you find an audience or does your material connect to enough people to do it professionally and then have those people show up for you with the competition of an iPhone or, or whatever, or a laptop or, you know, uh, uh, social media. And I think that that has been a, a crazy thing because I used to, I used to talk about water cooler funny, like people are definitely water cooler funny, which is right. great. But, and I think that there's the demands of stand up or the, the, um, the machine that it is, is very complex for a very simple thing. Get on stage, tell joke, audience laughs or, or doesn't or whatever. But the thing that goes into it to making that moment possible and, and being able to capitalize on that ability or moment is really complex and, and can be long and arduous. And, um, you know, so like Rodney Dangerfield, who's one of my idols, didn't hit until he was in his early 40s. And so it's it is it's something that you have and, and you do it solo that's the thing it's like whereas acting and improv and all these and podcasting at least for me is a collaborative art right the idea that you still because i do think that in a weird way i mean the fact that i live alone it's um there is a little bit of i think it's cheesy but a lone wolf in me no, and i, I think that that, what draws me to stand up is that on any given night you know, you don't know anybody in that crowd. Maybe they've never heard of you. Yeah. You know, it's like, can you get up there with just your material, not your reputation, you know, um, whatever? Can you get up there and make those people laugh? And I think that that is an incredibly eye opening experience because it's not just about doing it once. Like everybody, anybody can crush once. Right. But can you can you keep doing it in all these cities? <sighs> with all the things that are going on behind you in your life. And I think that that has been um, very humbling, but very, um, very rewarding. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I get out there every night and I, and I, and I, even stuff that I know has done very well. I, there is never a, a moment or excuse me, there is never a, a time when I don't go out there and go, this might bomb. Like what I'm about to say, I've got to go do an hour. Like this weekend, I'm in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, and I think to myself, like I haven't played Tempe in a few years. Um, who's to say? I don't even know who's showing up for these shows. Yeah, and then you think, you know, the stuff that did very well in Texas, it just might not do well here, or it did well in Seattle, it might. Not, you just don't know, and so that is there's something very, very exhilarating about that. I love it. Well, if you ever come to the Denver area, I will come see you. I mean, for real, I do have to ask, I had Joel McHale on, he's been on a few times, but he said something interesting when yeah. he, do, he does stand up, but I just he, met him for the first time last week. Is he coming on your show? If he's not, he should, because he I is mean, the best. I didn't, I didn't ask him, but it wasn't for lack of, I love community is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. So it's, I mean, maybe I should have asked him and I just, yeah, I would suggest that he's been on our show twice He's the best. Well, my point was, is that when people come see you, do they come to see you? Is the is the audience mixed as far as they know you as a stand up or are they coming to see you do impressions or Oleg from Two Broke yeah. Girls? Like he said yeah. for him, it's like, oh, it's the guy from Community and he tells jokes. But comedy came long before Community, like same with Jamie Kennedy. He was a comedian for years and then acting just happened to hit quicker um, but now people know him for both. I'm just very curious uh, what your audience mix is like, because you sell out shows. So people obviously know you, but 
do you get a vibe or is it just you're they're there just to be entertained on a Friday or Saturday night? I think that they're there to be entertained. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, but I do think that, I think they enjoy the impressions. I think they enjoy the two broke girl stories. Um, and I mix it up. I, I, I don't, it's funny cause I have my laptop here and I don't even know the set that I'm going to do yet when I go there and I may have to adjust some stuff. And, um, so I try to just be entertaining, take it back to Pablo and, and Robin that that is, they were entertaining and they were very funny. I mean, of course that goes without saying, but I think that they were just incredibly entertaining and Pablo still is. Yes. And, um, and so I think that that's sort of what I hope that people leave and are, and said, you know, obviously I hope that they think I was funny, but I think to do that and to be entertaining is, is, is a pretty special thing. Well, and what a great note to wrap on kite club every Thursday, new episodes. The one with Pablo was the most recent one. They're just all really good. Congratulations on everything. I'm so glad we were able yeah. to make this happen and best of luck on your audition, uh, whatever it is you're up to next, break thank a leg. Uh, and thank you for your time. I appreciate it, Jonathan. Thank you so much.